Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Trip down a cloud and fell eight miles high. I told my mind. On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so uh, you know, that's what you uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you sixty thousand dollars. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. The f are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sun down shining. Well, North Bay Stacks and Jacks. I'm tomorrow, Andrew on the board. SP Futures up 59. Two days in a row of this. NASDAQ Futures up 227. We'll see if this uh, continues to move. It uh, certainly is a, a breather for everybody's clients, including mine. Uh, so it's nice that we're having a little bit of a rally here. It's a, uh, the rumors were flying, of course, that the Fed was going to have some sort of a, uh, another meeting that they sort of just have, I don't know, kind of a, a half-assed meeting they have. They're all of a sudden going to decide they're going to cut back on all the stuff they're doing, and that's the rally. And, you know, there's rumors flying all over the place about stuff like that. I, I would doubt that that's going to happen. But, you know, that's that's the number. And all of a sudden we're, we're racing to the upside. It's really a crazy market. We start talking about Five and six percent one way, and five or six percent the other way. It's not. There are those that would say it's not healthy, even though the last couple of days are certainly a, a sigh of relief for everybody who's been chasing the market down. Uh, and it's been pretty bad for a lot of people. I mean, uh, but you know, on the way up, it's like it makes it pretty difficult for those that are, that are trying to be hedged as well, because you're adjusting, you're flying, you're you're going crazy both directions, which uh, uh, we we no doubt will be today, because yesterday was perfect. We left. Our, our call is pretty f really far out of the money, expecting some kind of a, uh, <clears throat> you know, a, a wild rally like yesterday. But two days in a row, we'll be we'll be doing some scrambling today. We'll be all right, but we'll be scrambling. Everything on the page I have is green except for the VIX. But here's the weird part: the VIX is still 29, so it's still a really inflated number. Uh, so it's uh, it's not letting you know that things are necessarily okay if you consider that as the fear index. And that's one of the, the biggest issues with. Uh, even a protected portfolio in the last few months is that the the price for insurance, the put the put price has been really high. And um, the uh, we, we seem to be having some technical issues on the phone. Do you have do you have Brendan at all? You got it. Uh, well, that's not good. Um, well, uh, why don't you try and fix that, and I'll and I'll talk about what's going on in the market. And the uh, the headlines today are, you know, they're, they're they're usual. UN warns that the world is on the brink of recession. Developing nations will bear the brunt. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about that. Uh, but it's it's really pretty interesting that these stocks are flying back and forth. And it's I, as much as as I uh, you know ran rave about you know four and five firms. Doing virtually all the market making on the floor these days, uh, 
the fact is, I don't know if I'd want to be one of those guys uh, right now. I mean, if clearly they can make the markets wide enough, and their electronics are good enough that they only do a trade uh, with you. It's good for them, but still, if everybody's buying puts and nobody's buying puts and those sorts of things, and all of a sudden everybody's buying calls, I mean, their their stuff has to be really, really good before the, before they get overrun like everybody else because they're taking on, you know, essentially quite a responsibility. Five people saying we can handle all comers. And, uh, you know, I think it's great when it works, but I'm not so sure that, I mean, right now, I mean, we've got people, all of a sudden everybody's got to be long. And really not much has changed since Friday. I mean, I mean there's nothing really that's changed since Friday I mean, in terms of inflation rates, in terms of the hint of the Fed is is backing down yet again uh, as, as an awful lot of people in the business really thought they would because they have a history of it, uh, especially before an election. And you have people in the, you know, in the mortgage industry saying, you know, no mass. And uh, I mean, it, this is the problem, you know, if anybody's listening to the show for 10, 12 years, this is the problem when you get, when you get out of the range. And getting back in the range is as much, is as much of an issue as, ge- as getting out of the range. And it, and it never should be like that. You know, it's just uh, there's no reason they have one percent interest rates. When Greenspan did it, it was a it caused all kinds of problems. And this guy did it. Well, we went to zero this time, uh, or 0.25. It causes problems on the way back. It always does because it, it. And I don't know why these guys can't read. This is this is not, you know, 1935 history. This is this is history of the last 20 years. The last time I looked, all these guys are old farts, so they should remember this stuff. I mean, it's not like they're 25 years old asking them to read history. I mean, they, they, these guys lived it in somehow or another. But there's always winners and there's always losers. And I think the winners are the ones that, you know, make, 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 the, make the world go around, it appears. And a lot of people, I think, made a lot of money uh, to bulge in assets. And a lot of people uh, that aren't involved in assets, I mean, don't. And uh, I mean, right now, we've, we've got a whole world that's trying to drive people to be renters. And guess what? Rents are flying up. So, I mean, it's just, it's this constant way of... Uh, I don't know. I mean, wonder how much money you can keep grabbing out of regular people. I mean, there's got to be a spot where there isn't much left. And I think we're sort of getting there, but, uh, uh, you know, that, that's what one man's opinion. There always seems to be more. Um, and uh, people are always willing to grab it. But the, uh, but I'm saying, as a, as a person who does... Brendan, are you with us, bud? Uh, sort of. The, uh, Brendan was off in Africa for two weeks, so we should be getting some interesting stuff out of him. So he was not mauled by a lion or a hippo, it doesn't appear. Uh, but he seems to have forgotten how to use his phone or else our stuff is... Uh, uh, we have this, just so everybody knows, we have this really nice setup with an 800 number and, f- and we can hop to four lines. We can handle four different people at the same time. Yet, at least once a month, for some some incredible reason, it just goes out with AT&T. And to try and talk to anybody to get it back on is about a three-hour proposition. Before we had AT&T for 10 years, we never had a problem. Well, AT&T, it's monthly. And I don't know, you know, it's, it is a, is astounding when you have people that are monopolies and how much you and how much you continue to, uh, uh, you know, deal with these people. And, uh, and, you know, I don't know what the, uh, you know, the issue is, but last night, out of four lines, only, all of a sudden only two of them were working. The 800 number you pay for from numbers. Brennan, are you with us now? You back from Africa? I'm here, Chief. How are you? Um, other than my total disdain for AT and T, I'm fine. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong with AT and T? I, I, how, how is it that maybe every six weeks 
All the phones get scrambled. 800 doesn't work, and they won't jump to the other one. And it takes my brother like three hours of trying to find somebody to talk about it to get it back together, and then it's all fixed. How, how does it get unfixed without anybody touching it? Uh, I wish I had an answer for that. The group before us, before AT&T, 10 years, never had a problem. And, you know, 800 numbers now are like massive problems because uh, mm-hmm. they, get a, they get a person now, you got to pay for the 800 number. I mean, it's, it's a bizarre world. I don't know what... Uh, it, was, it was more difficult getting into you this morning than it was trying to get anything done from Africa. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's all, that's all... By the way, how, how was Africa? We had a great trip. We had a wonderful trip with uh, a lot of good activity, a lot of animal sightings uh, up close and personal. We saw the cycle of life. We saw babies. We saw a two-day-old giraffe hovering around behind its mother. We also saw uh, a whole segment. It, it took about almost 20 minutes as this herd of buffalo crossed a, a, a bit of water, got into an island, and then was stalked by lions. Had lions attack the herd, tried to take down a, a, a Cape buffalo, and then the herd regrouped and came after it and chased away the lions. It was just fantastic. You know, uh, I was going to try and text you, because I was reading the other day in uh, one of the Quora Digest messages that I keep getting that way more people die from Cape Buffalo attacks than lion attacks. Yeah, Cape Buffalo are probably the most dangerous. I learned that they're probably the most dangerous animals in Africa. Now, they travel in herds, whereas lions are you know, small prides or individuals. But yeah, they're, they're mean animals, and they, 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 the way they kill you is they headbutt you with these massive skulls and horns, and then they stomp you to death. So, not a good way to go. No, it's a... <laughs> I mean, you know, when we talk about animals in Africa, there's, I don't think there's a whole hell of a lot of them that aren't really mean. If you're not mean, I don't no. think you'll last too long. That's right. Did you see any hippos or any elephants? We saw a lot of hippos. We saw a lot of elephants, including some really baby elephants. We saw one baby elephant that was estimated to be less than a week old. And, uh, you know, just the way they were traveling in families, it was, it was really pretty cool. We saw hippos up close and personally. We were on this river cruise one time, and... Uh, we looked down at the bottom of the boat, and all of a sudden this hippo opens its mouth really wide. And we thought it was going to take a bite out of the boat, but it didn't. Uh, we had really good opportunities. They've been known, they've been known to attack boats, right? They've been known to attack well, boats. They've been known to attack boats. They have been. They have been. And we were, we were in their domain. It was really cool. Although we also learned that uh, hippos can't swim and they can't jump anytime you see them. Their feet are still on the bottom of the of the river, so they can't get out into the deeper waters in the middle of the channels, which is where the boat moved to get out of the way of the hippos. Uh, hopefully, you had a pretty quick captain. Um, so, what do you make yes, of the crazy stuff in the in the markets and stuff? And yesterday, I was I'm, I'm no fan of the ladies, Brennan, but I don't I don't I don't understand. Out of all the people in the world that have been touting crypto, they managed to find Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I saw that report that she's paying $1.3 million or so as a, as a fine penny, but fortunately she doesn't have to admit any wrongdoing. Yeah, but everybody knows what she did. She neither denies any, uh, any involvement in it, so just completely silent. So out of the goodness of her heart, she's giving a million three to uh, make sure that it doesn't go any further. But, but That's she, a pretty good deal. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just... I, I can't believe... That the that the SEC went and find an unregistered person with all the touting and all the stuff that's going on in this crypto from everybody from sports to you name it to everybody on TV to everybody who's bought the damn stuff 
immediately runs on TV and tells other people to buy it, they're all registered people. You know, we've, we've got banks telling people to go. But how is it we found her? I mean, I just... I, um, well, what we got her for, as I understand it, and I, you know, I've been out of all of this stuff completely untethered for two weeks, so I'm kind of putting things together in a, a quick piecemeal, but they got her because she did not disclose that she was a paid advertiser for them. So she wasn't only giving financial advice, but she was a paid personality and didn't disclose that she was a paid personality, that she was getting paid for her opinion. But why is that not an FCC rule? How is that an SEC rule? Can't ask that. Don't know. Um, anyway, this is this is this is kind of this is all goofy stuff. What do you? I mean, I don't know. I don't know where we want to start. We've only got twelve minutes, but uh, with all the state state politics, with all, I mean, as much as uh, I'm not a big fan of this Bailey guy, what is, what is why why do we why can't we have like a <clears throat> God? We sure as hell don't want to. Uh, a, a dictator moralist, but how is it somebody doesn't throw the lady in Arizona out for getting the million dollars to change a, a bill for, like, some people? And how does Jade Pritzker not just get thrown out of office for, for, for putting money up against against campaigns for the people who's running against them? I mean, that is, that is so morally repugnant, I can't... I can't nobody seems to care, Brennan. What, what, are we, are we just so I know, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, the, the idea, I'm not sure what's going on in Arizona. I'm not, I don't know what that story's about, so I'm, I'm, I have to leave ignorance or naivety on that. I haven't been up to date on that one. Well, well for this thing, I have to be up to date. This is the one where the last vote in this big bill was the lady from Arizona, and the, and the deal was they had to take the uh, normal taxation of carried interest out because she's already in her first term gotten more than a million dollars. Oh, you cinema? Yeah. <coughs> okay, okay. I, I'm sorry. I, I, was I did not explain it well like I, I normally I did not explain it well as I normally don't. Um, but, I mean, how do, how do those two people not just get immediately say your seat is taken at the next meeting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, <laughs> you know, politics are really strange, and, all, and most of the politicians will try to come up with an argument that, uh, at least on the face, that seems reasonable to be made, uh, even though to most people, most people with common sense, it, it's ludicrous. But the, uh, the way that they make an argument is that, well, yeah, 99% of the people may interpret it this way, but there is 1% who could say it, it works out another way, and that's what you kind of believe that she was acting in that best interest. Well, now, does she, do every one of these people have to disclose, like, uh, like the Cardassian lady, that they were paid to vote the way they are? Well, see, that's, that's one of the tricky things, because in the Kardashian case, she was paid uh, as a spokesperson uh, for cryptocurrency, but she appeared in advertisement. In Cinema's case, it was just uh, uh, the, the corporation and people giving her, uh, expressing their First Amendment rights in accordance with things like Citizens United that allows corporations to donate to her as a political donation in order to express their freedom of, of speech. Nice distinction, isn't it? Well, I certainly like the idea that everybody, I wish I, you know, I don't know, I had a good enough memory, and it'd be hundreds and hundreds of people that have come out and touted crypto because they just went and bought it. That's, that's, worse than, that's worse than getting paid to do it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, when, when you have something like crypto and you're promoting it and you're the one who's going to benefit from the promotion because 
you bought in, uh, it's like the old you know, P.T. Barnum rule, you want to find a, another sucker born every minute, he's going to take you out of it. But if uh, you want to rise the marketplace before you get out, after you find in the lower price, and then you don't care what happens after you get out. Um, so what do you, you haven't, you've just seen the, the gross numbers, but what do, what do you make of this, uh, you know, Fed's going to stay in there, there's, you, know, you never know why the market's up or down, you never do, but you just, I'm just taking the party line here, that, you know, the Fed's going to stay in there, and they're tightening, and now we're the market is like punishing the Fed, so every, the whole world's up in arms, and what are they doing to our poor market, and everybody's broken, and all of a sudden there's some rumor that they're coming off what they're doing, and one of the Fed guys said, well, you know, we will have to wait and see after the next month or something, and all of a sudden we're, you know, we're 6% the other way. I mean, it's just, it's, I guess if you're, if you're a person that knows that they're going to change their tune like that, this, this has to be the most profitable time ever in the world for you. Because this is, this is just strange. And as bad as we look Thursday and Friday, and all of a sudden people can't wait to get in. I mean, it's, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're how many hours later? And, and nothing has changed worldwide. I mean, it's not like anybody's... All of a sudden, you know, somebody paid off their World War One debt or anything. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, does it seem odd? I know you're, you're more of a passive investor these days as you're wandering around Africa, but does it seem odd to you that it's sort of not a healthy market when you got the, especially the VIX is still almost 30? Well, you know, again, I, I've been completely untethered for two weeks, so I have no idea what the market's been doing, or I'm not even sure much in the way of world politics going on. I got bit scraps here and there, but. Um, if anything is just uh, reacting to you recently, I'm, I'm kind of flying blind right here, and, and I want to. Just well, that's what that's why I'm asking <laughs> you because if you weren't, because it's a different. I mean, I want to get an opinion of somebody. If like if you're on the moon of Alpha Centauri, let's see, we're we're going to the racing in the in their bottom one week as we're criticizing the Fed, and all of a sudden there's this sort of hint they might turn around. We run the other way. I mean, is 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 somebody trying to influence the Fed, or is it is is the, is the, are the politics all over the Fed that they don't want a bear market going to the, the reality or the November election? We're talking about the the, the Nasdaq's down like thirty percent on a year. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. it's a big number. And individual well, stocks. Also, that, that the underlying facts change. You know, that if if you go in with working assumptions on information and facts change, then sometimes it may seem like a complete reversal. But you know, they're trying to solve a problem. I'm not saying that that there's no um, there's no ulterior motives here that seem driven by the by the upcoming midterm elections or anything else, but I'm just saying that it could also be that uh, they're not sure where the things are going because of of where the factors are falling into place. They're not they're not seeing what they expected to see. Well, so how a guy like me who's a you know been a monetarist through and through since my college days, where the idea where the Fed is supposed to be like an umpire if he does a good job, you don't even mm-hmm. notice he's there. How's that working out? Yep. Uh, well, you know, even an umpire has to wait until the pitch is thrown before he can tell if it's in the strike zone or not. <laughs> and if you if you if the umpire sets over the catcher's left shoulder and the ball is on the far outside of the of a plate to a right-handed hitter, uh, if he anticipates where the ball is going to be before he calls a strike, his momentum is going to call a strike even if it's a couple of inches outside. So. The umpire calling the balls and strikes has to wait until the pitch is thrown to see where it goes before he reacts. Um, speaking of baseball, I did not see your name on the list of 12 or 15 candidates for the Sox job. Uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking about throwing my hat into that. <clears throat> I'd like to run the White Sox. Um, <coughs> so you'd be yeah, a, uh, since Jerry since Jerry is seems to be going for the senior citizen type, I think I may have a shot at it. Uh. Yeah, he does seem to. Now, uh, 
the number one on the list was uh, AJ. They had guys like Tommy. They had yep. Madden. Uh, they liked the guy from uh, well, the, the current guy. I guess is at least a thought. Although I don't think they'll do that. Uh, but they had, they had some yeah, names. It, huh? it, Krasinski's an interesting choice because, uh, like a lot of the, the people that Ryan Joe hires, he has no managerial experience, and you know, he's, he's kind of a controversial guy. I, I think he's a good analyst. He has some good stuff to say. I don't know how much of a team leader he's going to be because you know he was one of those guys that when he was a player. If he was on your team, you loved him. If he was on anybody else's team, you hated him because of, of the group that he played with. Um, I don't know how much he can get out of the, the guys on the team as a manager. Um, and I think that was one place that Lucy really fell short, especially this year. Well, they were talking about the, uh, you know, nobody wants a first-time manager, although you got to be a first-time someplace. But the, uh, You have to be a first-time manager someplace, but the White Sox have shown that uh, they've not had a good idea. I, mean, I, I still remember Terry Bevington, who was, uh, who was brought in as a first-time manager and what a disaster that was. And uh, you know, he had Ozzie Guillen, who brought the World Championship. He's had some other successes with people who were first-time managers. Uh, <clears throat> other guys like Robin Ventura, who were a good ball player, didn't pan out. So you know, it's, hard to pick, it's hard to pick the next Casey Stengel. Yeah, you know, it really, it sort of is. And I... And, and some of it, I think, is just is just the situation you're in. Uh, I think if the if the management's strong and the, and the I mean, I, I look at the difference between the uh, I mean, I, the Cubs and the Sox right now, and the Cubs, uh, they you know who knows how far they're going or what they're doing, but and I, I'm not I'm not a fan of the owner at all, but uh, it seems like they have a bunch of young guys that f- that feel like showing up every night, and and they 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 bought into whatever Ross is teaching them. They've got. They're going to be. If they beat, they win the next couple of games. They'll be like eleven games over after the All Star break. Yeah, I think they've got one of or the best record in baseball in over the last month or so, according to something that I read in the paper yeah. yesterday. No, so, but everybody um, they, they, they finished the season pretty strong. But it seems like these kids they bring up from the minor league, and some of them aren't kids, but they all seem to be very fundamentally sound. They all can run. They got pretty good team speed. Yet the sacks seem like the stuff, the, the, the base running plays and stuff they do is. You know, it's kind of out of, uh, you know, it, you should want that in, in double A. Uh, uh, out of Little League. It, yeah. it, it's like coaching 12-year-olds when you see some of the ball play, the ball plays that the White Sox have made this year, both defensively and especially on the bases. I mean, they've made some horrible choices on the on the bases this year. And uh, they put themselves in bad situations defensively. And you're right, the fundamentals are, are terrible. And that, you know, one of the guys who was mentioned as a, um, as a potential manager has been Chris Ketz. He's in charge of the minor leagues, and you know when you look at the fundamentals of the White Sox players that they brought up, if that's an example, when he's done in the minor leagues, he'd be a horrible manager. Well, yeah, you would you would think, it, but you never. I mean, it's always about. Uh, I mean, even when you talk about the Robin Ventures and the, and the Ryan Sandberg at, at Philly, I think you got to put the right person in the right spot. I mean, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I think. Uh, you know, how why would a guy like Ryan Sandberg, who was like manager of the year, at like almost every level? Of of, uh, of minor leagues knew everybody in the system. And how how could he not know baseball? And he now how could he not do a good job? I mean, and yet mm-hmm. all of a sudden you put him on a team, and somehow the clubhouse might be bad, and, and, and maybe you don't get any help from the leadership. Uh, you know, and, and I, you don't know whether you don't get any help from the leadership on the field, or you know, you, you know, Atlanta. They, I used to say back, who's the guy? Who's, who's the guy on TV now? Uh, the pitcher. He was captain. It wasn't Maddox? It was the other guy? Said so every minor league uh, might have been. He was every every minor leaguer who showed up. 
first thing the guy did was take him out to dinner that night and say, this is the way we, <coughs> this is the way we operate here. Yeah, I, I think that was John Smoltz yeah. that. And the manager didn't have to do it. Uh, I don't think the manager even told him to do it. I mean, just that was, he said, this is the way. We're, we're a World Series-bound team. We think every year, and, that's, and this is why we are, because we all, we all show up. We don't go out boozing every night, and you know nobody screws up the clubhouse. So the talk was had by somebody, not even you know the manager. And I, I don't interesting, know if, interesting. Uh, if I remember the timeline correctly, that was when Jason Haywood came up to the Atlanta Braves for his first year. He was on one of those teams with Smoltz, and that's the kind of thing he learned, which paid off uh, in 2016 for the Cubs with the leadership of Hayward. Uh, demonstrated in in that brain delay. Uh, but yeah, I think managers a lot of time have to be psychologists. And, um, you know, oftentimes a really good ball player makes a horrible manager. Ted Williams is a classic example. You know, when he was managing, uh, when his when his players were struggling, he goes, just go out and hit the ball. Watch the ball, hit the ball. And, and nobody had the eyesight that Ted Williams had as a hitter and hand-eye coordination that Ted Williams had. But he expected everybody to be able to do what he did. And he didn't really... Uh, you know, approach it psychologically different. Just go out and see the ball, you hit the ball. And uh, that doesn't always work for situational play or to uh, get the best out of your players. Um, I would agree on that. Brennan, take care of yourself, bud. SP Futures up 59, NASDAQ Futures up 229. We'll do a second day of rally here. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freak's Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. 
I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation of the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Hello, North Bay Station Jacks. I'm Tom Allen, Andrew on the phone. Slight technical, technical difficulty this morning, but we're working our way through them. SP Futures up 60, SP Futures up 232, so uh, uh, two days in a row to the upside here. Dow Futures up 373. They're up like, we're up almost 900 yesterday and closed, well, I'll tell you exactly where we closed. We closed up uh, 765, so we came back a little bit on the close, but not very much. So yesterday we're up 765, SP's up 92, NASDAQ up 239, so. You know, we're talking about 4% in two days, it's, which is like a real lot. Uh, Europe, DAX up 353, it's 2.8% as they picked up a lot of ours on yesterday. FTSE up 129, 1.9%. CAC around up 197, 3.4. So I'm getting the feeling that central banks have decided they'd better put some money back in or something. Nikkei up 776, uh, 2.96. Shanghai and uh, and, and uh, Hang Seng are both closed. The last uh, day was yesterday, so I don't know why they're not trading today, but they are not. Uh, bonds down seven base points, 3.58, long way from the four percent that they started last week. Which the bonds are telling you that the Fed is turning their their, their bus around here, even though they're telling people they're not. The bond down seven base points, 1.82, again off the two percent that was a couple days ago. Japan uh, 0.23, that's even down a, a basis point. So yeah, there's there's money floating into the system. You can sort of tell. Uh, somebody knows that. I wish I was one of those people. Well, up 42 cents, 84.05. Brent up 70 cents, 89.56. Natural gas down 7 cents, 6.93. We had gold up another 7.40, 17.09. Silver up 23 cents, 20.82. Uh, silver had a huge move yesterday, had a 4% move. Uh, copper up ni- uh, 1 cent to 3.41. We even got Bitcoin up 392, 19,914. Uh, Euro dollar is up to almost 0.99, so it's scratching back toward a uh, parity with the dollar. A pound again is 113. It was made at 104 a week ago Sunday. So all these guys are coming right back. Everything's all, all good again, Andrew. What do you got for us, traffic, other sports? Andrew must be, uh, I don't know what he's doing over there. Uh, but <laughs> Oh, there we go. There, <laughs> there we go. go. Sorry about that. It's 635 here in Chicago on Tuesday, October 4th. Now, for sports, last night in Monday Night Football, the 49s took down the Rams in a, set, in a 7-3 game. And last night in MLB, the Reds beat the Cubs, Cubs in a 3-1 game. The White Sox beat the Twins 3-2. And the Diamondbacks lost to the Brewers 6-5. Now, today we can look forward to a lot of pretty similar matches as the Cubs will play the Reds again at 1.20 p.m. 
The White Sox play the Padres at four at 8.40 p.m. And finally, the Diamondbacks play the Giants again at 9.15 p.m. Now for Chicago weather, it is clear and chilly skies, currently at 45 degrees, but that will change in just a few hours, reaching a high of 75 with a low back down at 45. And in Phoenix, we got clear skies at 70 degrees with a high of 94 and a low of 70. Now for Chicago traffic, thankfully there's not too many accidents to report, just one in fact. An accident has blocked the left lane of the outbound Stevenson, so expect some delays starting just around after South Kedzie Avenue. But otherwise, traffic is building as it always does in the inbound Stevenson, Eisenhower, and the Jane Adams. That's all I got today. Back to you, Chief. Andrew, I'm going to, for- I'm going to forward you Joel's number here, or forward you uh, Joel's, e- Joel's email. I don't know if he's got his number on there, but let's, you're going to have to call him, giving our, our, our state of uh, AT&T. But I will send this over to you. Great. Um, and then we'll I'll, I'll talk about the baseball here for a bit, and then we'll... The, uh, every, isn't it like right when we have these technical things on the uh, on here? Uh... uh but uh, I, can't, I, don't, I don't know how you get I don't know who you get mad at when you when you're talking about uh, uh, AT and T. You know, it's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, here you can email Joel back and uh, and get his get his phone number. Sounds good. Um, and meanwhile, I will. Uh, well, as soon as I figure out how to do this, there we go. The uh, yeah the the market right now. I mean, I have a lot of clients that called in uh, yesterday, and of course we get you know you're always going to get caught on a couple of calls. Big, the biggest move yesterday, we got caught on a little bit as a silver. And silver made a <laughs> silver traded a dollar and a half up yesterday. And I've been, we've been, we had silver positions for people like forever. And I don't really recall anybody uh, I've ever seen a dollar and a half move in a day. I mean, it's it's a it's astounding how it's all one direction and it's all another. And I, and I can't <laughs> emphasize enough that the last thing you want is is some section of your government or a central bank that's supposed to be in just in the background causing these kinds of moves with their with their policy changes. I mean, it's just, it's not healthy, and it's not, I mean, uh, these guys think they're doing a good job. They're just not. And the, and the politicians, though, even even Audrey yesterday was, I don't know, she, she's, she's all upset with the Fed because they drove interest uh, mortgage rates from 3% to 7% in like six months. Y- you can't do that to people. <laughs> you just can't. You bury in- industries, <clears throat> you bury people, you make... You get now all these people are sitting around with these houses they just paid. You know, the, the median price was four sixteen. It got up to. They just paid for these these houses at four sixteen at three percent rate. They're not valued anywhere near that at seven <clears throat> percent. So you just you just eviscerated the the capital of a group. Now the way housing is, if somebody gets in there at that rate and they can live there for a while, and nobody loses their job and raise the family there like you hope to do, it's no 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 sweat off anybody's back. <clears throat> But God help you if you got if you got to make a move, you know it's like uh, it's very similar to what the European Central Bank is going to. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm not trying to. Uh, this this is this is really simple stuff. When you value anything, there there's the stream of payments you get from it. There's the interest rate and there's the value. There's only three numbers. I mean, it is, any anybody who ever took a finance class, but if you can't figure it out in your first couple of weeks, something's wrong with you. So, so in, in Europe, when they buy all these bonds at zero percent interest rate, and all of a sudden the interest rate even goes back to one and a half or two, they're they're going nuts on these bonds. I mean, if you put, if I were to put somebody, which I God, I would never do this, if somebody shipped me, you know, five million dollars of their grandpa's money, 
And I said, well, this guy wants something nice and risk-free, and I plunked him in a in a 30-year bond at like you know 3% or 2% or some god-awful number. You can say that the, the person is going to get 2% for 30 years, and oh, by the way, he's going to... Uh, uh, you know, he's going to get his money back from the federal government. But if in the meantime the interest rates are 10 and the bond is trading 60, all of a sudden if, if Grandpa croaks and if the family looks at this and goes, what did this guy just do? He just put, you know, $4 million of Grandpa's money in these bonds and now it looks to me like the market value is like two and a half. Well, yeah, but don't worry about it. You, you'll, get, you'll get your four thirty years from now you can't do that to somebody. I mean, I, I guess if you're pompous enough, you could say, what's the problem? It's risk-free, Just we're in for the long term, and some other kind of BS, but it's really, really hard to do that. And uh, so you, all, all these, if, if ever you see something that the government's doing that you would never even consider doing for your worst enemy, then you sit there and go, how, how can this be good policy? At least, at least that's my, my uh, you know, take on the world. How can it be good policy for a government to be paying 2% on 30-year when I would never put anybody's money in there? Who the hell is doing it? Why would somebody make that really dumb trade? Well, you're making a dumb trade because you think the central bank is going to come over the, over the hill like the Lone Ranger. And if you buy them at 1.5%, they're going to come and buy it higher than that. And, uh, and, and once, that, once that doesn't happen, you know, then, then you've got a problem. And, uh, the uh, you know, it just... I mean, and yet, yet that's what we do, um, and constantly we've done this. In my life in the business, I'm going to say we've done this five, six times now, and I, and every time it causes some people to get hurt on one one end or the other, um, and I and I don't understand why we continue to do it, and I guess it's for politics. I guess the the way that I would, the only really way that I could I can argue about it is that uh, when I was in grad school, we tried to. Uh, um, well, we not tried. Well, we did just try. We tried to do compensation packages for uh, chief executive officers, you know, presidents of corporations, CEOs, and and trying to align the the uh, the the compensation package for what people really wanted the company to do for like the next fifth pick a number, fifty, twenty five, hundred years, and it's really difficult to do that. It's really difficult. And, and in those days, um, you know, we're talking the seventies. And even now, in a lot of places, people were compensated based on uh, what they did the last quarter. Okay, well, then if you could make money by pouring all your pollution in the local creek and killing everybody, people did that. I mean, I mean, it might be a little harsh, but people did that because they only got paid on the quarter, and if you could get away with not sending the stuff to a recycling place, if there was such a place in the 70s, you did it because you were, you were based... Just, you didn't care how many people you fired. You didn't care if you fired the people that were doing all your research. Whatever it was for a quarter, you made you made your your money and you got your bonus. And uh, and that was and so you, we would design, try and design. Okay, so what do you do? Well, then then one of the things was well, you give people stock because then if they do, they that will put them in the same time frame as the as the uh, person, or you give them stock options. Well, now you see in some of these uh, stocks that. Uh, that all of a sudden don't have anything, and they get catch fire in the stocks. Companies worth two billion or four billion, they won't even maybe made a dime yet. Then you see the executive selling his stock, and he's made a billion before anybody in the place has ever gotten a dividend. So whatever you do, it's it's, it's easy to to take a look at it and take it apart. But it seems to me like one of the problems with the uh, which which I think the 
founding fathers tried to do with the Constitution is uh, is to have the Senate be in six years and the House be in two, that you had a combination of people that are short-term and people that are longer-term. And the president's right in the middle at four. So, I mean, I don't know how you could have designed it any better. But now it sure seems like people make some of the, and the mayors, the governors, everyone along the line, they're, they're, they're like the, short, the, uh, the CEO that gets paid on a quarterly bonus. They'll do whatever they have to do to get themselves in, and, and whatever whatever much money they want to spread out to the people who put them in, and then all of a sudden, the next guy just gets just gets caught with God knows what. I mean, we I mean you saw you know uh, Obama get caught with you know Bush's BS with the war and all the and the 2008 stuff. And you saw you know Trump sort of get caught with some of Obama's stuff, and this guy get caught with a lot of well a lot of it was COVID, but still there were a lot of decisions in the but it but nobody seems to care. And now right now if these guys if they can. Pop, if they can possibly throw money back out at somebody, at the people who put them in office, uh, you know, they'll do it. And, uh, and even though they know it's, it's hurting the budget, they know it's going to make it harder for anybody in the next term, they just don't care. They just want back in. And somehow or another, we have to, we have to figure out a way. And I don't know how you do it. I mean, I, the last thing I want is a constitutional convention, although maybe it makes, makes sense. You've got to figure out a way to keep some of these people longer term. And I don't, and I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't think, I'm not saying keep them longer term because... Position uh, term term limits are a problem too, but somewhere along the line, everybody always cares about is his midterm election, and if people get back in, then they say they got a mandate to do whatever it is they damn well please, which isn't isn't exactly the mandate that I would I would give, uh, because and uh, you know, so anyway, but the the good news is we're, the market is up and uh, we got some happy clients for at least for a few days and uh, and maybe we'll keep going here, but I you know I don't know it's a it's hard for me to imagine that we're just going back to the good old days with the, the rates are higher and they probably are going a little higher still, but they're not zero where they were. So I can't really imagine the market back there. Plus, even if the, the averages go heading up here, there's an awful lot of stocks with massive carnage. I mean, you know, I've got this NVIDIA up 358 today, and I know a lot of people that own NVIDIA that I'm, that I'm uh, associated with, but it's at 128.70. It's not 370, you know, or it was a year ago, and it's showing no thought of getting back there. Same way with like a Netflix. It's trading 244. Well, it's back from 198, but it sure as hell is in 600. You know, so I mean, we've, I, don't, I think a lot of this stuff, a lot of the, of the, of the, the pain is, is sort of uh, etched in everybody's skin at this point. Unfortunately, SP Futures up 59. SP Futures up 226. Hopefully we come back. We will have Kenny Polkari. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, 
low interest rates, and good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You could reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right Stocks, Jocks. Hello, and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Allen. Andrew on the board. SP futures up 60. Andrew's doing yeoman's work here this morning, working these phones. So, Andrew, what do you think of AT&T in general? Not a fan today. No. Uh, my home internet is with them, and it's not good. So, phones aren't good either now either. Good. Kenny, how are you, bud? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. As soon as I get off the show, I might have to short AT&T stock. <laughs> Why? What did I miss? What happened to AT&T? Every, every, like, six weeks or a month or two months... Somehow or another, they they blow up our, our uh, eight hundred number and all the all the hunt, hunt and peck stuff and, and all that goes. Oh really? Yeah, you know, we we had this other group for ten years. We never had a problem. All of a sudden, AT and T with the latest and greatest stuff. And then you call them, and while they're trying to fix it, you'll say, "Okay, now two lines are working. Don't mess with those." And they they try and fix it, and all of a sudden you got nothing working. They're absolutely incompetent. Totally incompetent. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So what's up with you? How are you? What what is this rally from? Did you cause this? <laughs> no, listen, I clearly think it's an oversold rally, right? We, we got really beaten up at the end of the third quarter. You saw what happened at the end of September. I mean, it was everything negative they could shove down your throat, and they took stocks down. Estimates have come down from, you know, facts that now has third quarter year-over-year, which started at 9% at the beginning of the quarter, are now at 2% year-over-year expectations now. Um, so estimates have come way down. Investors have taken stocks down. I think it was a little bit overdone. And then yesterday is the first day of a new quarter, right? So you get to start all over again after you took your pain, you marked them down, and now you went bargain hunting and you went shopping for stocks that have been uh, clearly displaced. I do not think it's a bear market rally. I think, you know, we could rally right up to the trend line, which is back at around 3950 ish 4000 um, And then uh, the uh, kind of push lower again, right in between, during earnings and in between, the, you know, as we approach the midterms. And then I think there's a year-end rally but not a year end not a strong rally just a rally that takes us back to the four thousand level well what uh when you look at some of the individual stocks which i think you do more than me it seems like yep. they're they're you're sort of picking and choosing down the line and really netflix was worse the first where you just yep. uh, at least well back in my day in the trading floor back when i first started it used to be called like the trap door you know, yep. stocks trading 60 and all of a sudden it's trading 40 and everybody goes yeah, looks like it's forty now. <laughs> we know no hint to get it back to sixty at all. And I, I look at like the the Federal Expresses of the world, and really the UPS, which I have a lot of, of that that I manage for people. And uh, you know, the stock was two oh eight two years ago, and now it's one sixty five. And uh, it, I, I hear you, but I think that's indicative of what's happening. Right, the Fed is raising rates. We already know that they're not going to pivot. I think the other thing, yes, they were suddenly 
that you know all the chatter is oh the Fed's going to pivot because the because the Reserve Bank of Australia only raised rates by half of what they said they're going to raise, which must mean that the global economy is slowing down and everybody must see it, which must mean the Fed's going to pivot off this seventy-five basis point rate hike to fifty, which I think is ridiculous because I don't think the Fed follows the Reserve Bank of Australia. Um, and so, therefore, and I think our economy is very different than their economy. So I, I don't think that's the case at all, which is why I think we may have this, this bear market rally and then fail again when it's clear that the Fed is not going to pivot. Well, I don't uh, think they can pivot, at least not now. They may be able to pivot in January, but I don't think they can pivot now. Well, I mean, I guess to continue on the, like the stack question, but if you look at there's some stacks that have sort of done that, Kenny. Now, whether yeah. they're, they're all bargains, I don't know. But then you look at it again. This is not a don't don't short anything because I mentioned it. Uh, you look at a Costco, right? It's a retailer trading forty times earnings. Now, are they going to have their day in court? We're always going to say, "What the hell? This is a retailer trading forty times earnings. What are they doing there?" Doesn't mean they're not a well, great company or anything, which I think they are. But it doesn't mean. I mean, I, I don't know they deserve forty time earnings. I mean, I just picked them out. I could pick ten of them out if I wanted to. No, but Costco is one of those is one of those companies that's going to benefit in a downturn just because of who they are, right? They sell in bulk, they sell at a discount. People will flock to them. Um, that's I think one of those stocks that will hold up, right? So I don't suspect that you're going to see kind of the destruction um, that you're going to see in some of the other names, right? But uh, uh, so I'm not I'm not necessarily worried about that. But uh, but there are other names. You saw what they did the Tesla yesterday. They announced that they yeah. did third quarter deliveries, even though. They were at the high, and they took the stock down 10%. Meanwhile, the market was rallying like crazy all over the place, right? And I think that's going to be part of the problem, is that these pre-announcements will, you know, the companies will take the hit when they pre-announce as they should, versus companies waiting until the earnings day and going, oh, oh, and by the way, we missed this, and the strong dollar did this, and so we missed our earnings because of that. I think I think investors will be, um, will be much more unhappy with that. Because it's all about the messaging, right? If they know they're going to have this trouble... They should pre-announce it. They should warn people. They should let people know that they're aware, that they're on top of it, that while it hurts, that, you know, they're admitting it ahead of the earnings season because they want to reflect to investors that they that they get it, right, that they understand what's going on. Well, I, I, I understand. I'm just, I'm just saying, I mean, we, so we went through, through this before a couple of times. I mean, 2000, God, 2000 was worse. But, uh, you know, you get the Kathy Woods of the world. Uh, yeah. You know where, where we got her, I'm not sure, but we we I love the company. It's a disruptor. It's gonna. It's my idea of the future. Therefore, it can yep. be trading five thousand dollars. Doesn't make any difference. Okay, well that that's interesting. <laughs> you know, but then then you and I, I did again. I, I I'm a member. I love going to the place. They treat their people terrifically. I love Costco. Yet, if yep. I were to say yep. you that in a, in a normal world, where we're now your your Fed funds rate's going to be three and a half. Things are back yep. to normal. When I what I consider to be normal. Mortgage rates yep. are six. How many retailers? Yep. How many retailers have been wandering around trading forty times earnings, without mentioning a name? You're going to say, "Boy, not many." Well, that not many. I agree with you. Not many. I don't think Costco, though. You know, Costco may pull back a little bit, but I don't think Costco's in that in that category just because of who they are. Right? You talk some of the high end retailers. Yes, you talk about you know retail discretionary type retailers. I think yes, I think they'll they'll pull back, but. Costco, you know, what do they do? They sell things that people need. Right. right? They Why sell food. They sell, uh, they sell soaps and detergents and stuff that you need every day. Um, whether or not interest rates are 6%, 2%, or 10%, you still need that stuff. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm saying there's, it's uh, the, the hardest part, and I think 
you would agree with me on this about it, investing is is sort of the div- divorcing your view of the company versus what it's worth. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, no, you're right, you're right, and you have to do that. And sometimes you know you get married, you, you know you love the stock so much, you love the company so much, you get married, and then you get blind to uh, to doing that, right? To to really pulling it apart and saying, okay. Is this overvalued? Is this undervalued? Well, I was free. Well, for years, Kenny, I always thought that, uh, even though I always, you know, I mean, people were talking about having a a cult following. I always thought that Harley Davidson stock was routinely twenty percent overvalued because people loved it. I and I liked the company. I I just was never going to buy the stock. I always thought Procter and Gamble had a uh, a very well deserved premium based on really spectacular manager management for like how many years? Fifty. 60? Yep. I mean, they're the only company I know of that can seem to manage all kinds of different product lines equally well without people falling all over each other and competing and other kinds of stuff. I mean, I think they're spectacular, but they, and they carry a premium for that. And I just I just never wanted to buy them. I thought it was a great company. I just never saw them as a buy. I mean, uh, so I, mean, I, I just look at this. I, mean, I, I don't think I'm any different than you on looking at this stuff. I just, I mean, uh, well, you know, not to hit too close to home, but NVIDIA, everybody loves the place. I mean, they got the world's best yeah. chips. But yeah. I, you know, I, I, for some reason, Kenny, every time we used to have our seminars back in like the '90s and the, and the you know, yeah. up to 2000, the stock that was always one of the biggest craziness on people's part was just Micron. I mean, we did a right. seminar in 2001, I think, in, in the Bahamas or someplace. Might be no, but in 2000s, right before the crash, and uh, well, the 2000 crash, and uh, the stock was like 90 bucks, and uh, you couldn't. <laughs> You couldn't get that out of somebody like pulling a canine. I mean, in fact, I said at the seminar, I go, tell you what, I'll give you 100 bucks for it right now. And everybody goes, right. see? See, you're trying to cheat us. You know it's really worth 120 and you're trying right. to steal it from us. I mean, I'm like, that, that was the response I got. What, six months later, yeah. I was trading like seven or something. I mean, these chip stacks, they go up and down. In my lifetime, on the floor, first everybody hates them, then everybody likes them. And, and, you know, and they they go up and down. What eighty percent sometimes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we've certainly seen that in Nvidia, and I will be one to say, you know, I'm in that camp where I loved Nvidia, I loved Nvidia, and I still I still own it. I haven't sold it. I've written it the whole way down. Um, but I, uh, but it's just one of those names I won't let go. I don't know why. I, am. <laughs> I just think that it's the name of the future, right? You got to stay in it. Well, yeah, you look at the product, and the product you can't argue with the product. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you know. And it's in everything we do, right? Yeah. Everything you turn around has got a microchip in it. It's got, you know, it's got some NVIDIA product in it. Well, I remember uh, when we, we changed offices years ago, and Cisco had been like one of the highest flyers. It got up to 65 and it went down to 6 or something. Yeah. When we moved offices, Kenny, back in the day where every time you, you did something, you got a feed from one firm or another, you had to get a router. And I ended up, we yeah. ended up, we had like something like, in our little office, we had like 17 Cisco routers. We had 17 feeds from a, uh, and we, the new place, we had one. <laughs> Meanwhile, Cisco, you you couldn't have lived without Cisco, right? It's right. still to this day you can't live without him. Stack goes nowhere. Right. You know, I mean, so what do you, you make of this? How many more days are we going to get of this? You well, think- I think we do get this relief rally going into the beginning of earnings season. So I think earnings start next week, right around the 10th or 11th. Um, so I think that we potentially get a rally uh, that takes us right to the beginning of earnings season where I think then we – we want to see how the season begins, right? What are going to be the first initial uh, reports? What are they going to say? What's the guidance going to look like? Then I think that will start to define what the rest of the season is going to look like. So I think we could rally into early next week. 
Uh, and then you got that, and then you got the, the the lack of clarity around what's going to happen on November eighth, right? First of all, you got the Fed on November second, yeah. and then you get the midterms on November eighth, right? If the Democrats completely, if the Democrats retain control, then watch out because they will be emboldened to spend even more like a drunken sailor. Yeah, I know um, it's pretty and scary, I, and I think that's part of the fear, right? And if they, and if they, if it's a split decision, right? With the, then I think it slows it down, and if the Republicans sweep. Then I think clearly Joe Biden becomes a lame duck, right? Because then nothing happens. Um, uh, I don't think we're at a time now. We need nothing to happen. We need some fixes. Agree, agree. So that's why maybe a split is probably the best outcome because maybe then they'll be able to cooperate a little bit okay, and can, get some fixes. Can, can you imagine it, the, either end? I think is going to be difficult. Can you imagine what what the world's going to be like with Republican Speaker McConnell back in and Biden all barking the same day? God. No. No. Kenny, we might we might have to no. go into the space space station for a while for like a That's few months. Argue, we really have to argue for term limits because I think oh. you know, plus seventy or seventy five in Congress. I think that time it's time to move on. I hear you go get another job, be a lobbyist if you want to work, do something else, but you got to get out of the way. Well, <laughs> on that note, Kenny, take care of yourself. By the way, you're not near the hurricane, are you? No, I was on the east coast, so we got a lot of rain and wind. So you know, we were we were lucky on the east coast. Oh of God. Florida, but Hopefully you make it through the season without. Yeah, hopefully you make it through the season without one coming your way. SP futures up sixty three. Nasdaq futures up two thirty five. Be right back, stocks and jacks. This self directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. 
Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Andrew on the board. SP Futures up 64. Nasdaq Futures up 239. We say we have the professor. Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm working from home this morning. Um, well, good for you. You're nice. You're not on the subway. No, I uh, got up a little too late. <laughs> oh god. Oh, if I would have caught the subway, I would have been uh, pushing it. I would have probably. Uh, answered the phone as I was leaving a subway car. <laughs> oh, let's, uh, well, if I wasn't traumatized by being the only guy to not make the fourth grade choir, I guess I'd be singing yeah. Happy Days Are Here Again with the Australian <laughs> Central Bank. Well, I, was in, I was in choir in, as a freshman in high school, and I mouthed the words all the way up until, like, December, and we're getting ready for our Christmas concert. And I thought, well, I can sing this song. And I started singing... And Mr. Brownell, our music teacher, just halted everything. He's like, stop, stop. Who is singing off key that bad? Quit goofing off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sing the rest of the, uh, the semester. Well, it's a, I don't even want to, uh, I don't even want to be on the cho- in the choir, actually, but then when I, was roundly tossed. I'm like, God, <laughs> I didn't know I was that Well, the reason why I joined was because this time was on the tennis team. The girls were good looking. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, so what uh, is the is the Bank of Australia would not go on f- um, further on their cuts there, cutting back a little bit. Does that mean all these central banks have now decided to, to do some pauses and pivoting? The whole world has been telling them they're going too fast, too far. Even though they're only getting back to normal, in my opinion, but normal is so far well, away from. I don't even know if you, I don't even know if getting back to normal. Really, I mean, if you look at the Taylor rule, they should have interest rates about eleven or twelve, right? So I think I think they're being I think the Fed's been a lot less uh, or a lot uh, less restrictive, but relatively speaking, they're restrictive to what other nations are doing. But man, have you seen what's going on in England? Yeah, that's that's a mess there, man. Holy climbing, I don't know what to do over there. They're, they're, they're increasing government spending. They're cutting taxes. They're going to have to finance that with money printing, where the central bank, Bank of England, buys treasuries from the UK's treasury. I mean, I mean that's changing them right there. In a recession, you increase government spending, you cut taxes, and then you hope that it turns around and you can pay down those deficits with the opposite policy, when the economy starts growing well, and I think I think UK is toast for the intermediate run. Well, I, I what you sense all around, and it, it you know, I remember we, I got caught between a couple of uh, right winger real Trumpers on Saturday night. It was not so good, um, but I, no matter who the no matter who the I'll say the buffoon is that's in there. This whoever puts you in must have so much money 
Now, I mean, I'm sure it was always sort of this way, but I never, I never really felt. Right? And this could be just me. You know, I was just naive and playing too much softball or something. But I never really felt that. on every single day, Paul Simon, Adley Devinson, Everett Dirksen, Paul Douglas, even Peter Fitzgerald, that those guys every single day were just on the take. I, I just never got that feeling. I, I know people supported them. I know people don't change, and there were crooked senators and crooked this and that. Uh, but I get this this thing now that no matter who it is, that re- regardless of the situation, I mean, it, I mean, it's like like Biden comes in and he immediately, well, let's put it this way, Trump comes in and he immediately has to lower taxes for rich people and for corporations. But the, it's not like the tax rate was seventy; it was thirty-two or something. You know, we got to lower it to twenty-one. Well, why why is that exactly? Well, we got to entice the people overseas to bring their money back here. Those people should be in jail. You know? I mean, it's the, they they, should, they don't need to be enticed. I mean, they, they well, you know, you know, I mean, well, one of the reasons why all that money stays overseas is you got to move to a different part in the room, bud. You're, we can barely hear oh. you. Oh, how's that? Is that better? Yeah, a lot better. Okay, yeah, sorry. I'm using my little headphones today. Yeah, the um, I think one of the reasons why all that money stays offshore is I think European nations um, they don't tax overseas profits a third time when they come back to the European nations in, in the United States. Those uh, corporate profits on overseas operations are taxed at the local corporate tax rate, and then when they bring it back, they get hit. If they if they, if they you got to pay the the corporate income tax too, and then on top of that, if you uh, pay a dividend, the owners of the that stock have to pay a tax as well. So um, Republicans always say, "Well, we're going to give them a one tax holiday, one time tax holiday." I, I don't think that's the solution either. I think what you do is you emulate what other nations do. You bring that bring that money back to the United States. It gets invested in the United States. Um, maybe factories are expanded in the United States or offices are expanded in the United States. That's good for employees. So I, I don't agree with Republicans on these one-time tax holidays. I think that just gets sucked off the system and doesn't get reinvested and it doesn't result in... I don't... Um, you know what? I, I never had a problem... I never had a problem, Hal. I mean, in, in theory, what you said, I, I could go along with it. But in practice, I honestly think it's not so good. <laughs> uh, because it, it, if, if, you wanna, if you and I, we'll even bring Andrew with us, if you and I want to go down to Zimbabwe or wherever the hell we want to go and build a factory down there and, and, and take inputs from Zimbabwe and sell to people in Zimbabwe and... Uh, and, and pay taxes down there, and I want to bring the money back to the U.S., I shouldn't have to pay any other tax. I, I'm, I'm with yeah. you on that 100%. But that's not hey, the I case. But I'm, but, 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 I think these governments have too many restraints on Yeah, but, that's, on, but the thing of it is, that's I not the case. That's not the case. That's not what anybody did, I, I think. Yeah. No, nobody had the factory and people and sales in Zimbabwe. What they, what they did was, the first one to do this, I, I believe was Forest Labs before they got taken over by somebody. They took they took all their US patents on like medical stuff and, and put the patents down in Bermuda or some damn place where it was a tax one of those islands. Why not oh yeah, there's a sixty minutes episode about this a yeah. few years ago. Zug Switzerland, a town of like twenty eight thousand people, has thirty thousand corporations. Well okay but they're uh, incorporated there. But they're the taxes 
all all the sales, all all the all the all the profit is in the U.S. Yeah. So, so don't BS me and, and, and tell me that it's really in Ireland. It's not. Yeah. You know. So yeah. you know, I mean, in, in that regard, I, I that's not even a, an accounting issue. That's that's tax evasion. That that's penitentiary well, time I, in my mind. Tom, I'm going to push back on the tax evasion. I think uh, politicians set these rules because they get donations from these corporations. And actually, in economics, it's called transfer pricing economics, and it's completely legitimate and legal. And I have a friend who uh, published the book on transfer pricing, who is a classmate of mine at Washington State, and he's a he's probably now a partner at PricewaterhouseCooper. But um, yeah, he wrote the book on the transfer pricing stuff, and it's all legitimate, it's all legal. It's, and what they do oh, is oh, they, oh, they, oh, they oh, put the paper in a, a mailbox. They put their incorporation papers in a mailbox and zug. And then they have to have like a, a conference room that nobody ever uses, and they accrue these uh, profits over there because the intellectual property is held by the foreign all right, entity. All right, I'm they gonna I'm gonna rent. say, I'm gonna say it's 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 not legal. It's it's not it's just not illegal, yeah. and, and it's not legitimate at all. Well, there's there's mass there's a guy in uh, Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah, who. Because he's professional, he's an economist, and he he's always helping uh, corporations. Well, sure, incorporate overseas and, and <laughs> generate, and you know, uh, if it's not illegal, uh, then if it, it is illegal, then you know he's breaking the law. Press Cooper's breaking the law. Well, I mean, just so because I, you, I, I think I think it may be maybe it's unethical. But if it was illegal, these companies would be busted. I don't think press. No. It's it, this. I had the same the same discussion with Doctor J one day. It's Doctor J. Julius Irving. Uh, no, not that uh, Doctor. My <laughs> buddy, uh, John Nigerian. We. It's 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 a workaround of of the tax code. It's a workaround, and and somehow you you have the right people, and you tell us you tell one of my one of the guys who's on the show with us so before he died. That's why he stopped coming on the show. My buddy Bob Golden. Bob worked for one of the price one of those places. And he was involved in the double Dutch sandwich and all the other stuff. He didn't write any books on it, but I mean, it's. And I asked him, "Is any of this legit?" And he goes, "It's not legit at all. None of it's legit. It's, we've carved out stuff to make it legal, or not illegal, to where." But I mean, like for instance, we have you know a, uh, Michigan's money and banking book that I use. He calls it uh, financial innovation, finding finding these uh, legal loopholes through these laws across nations. Because I think he, I, if I remember right, he refers to it, it's been a while since I taught it, he refers to it as financial innovation. Yeah, but it's, it's, I mean, you put up a speed bump and people are going to drive around it, right? Well, but you also have, there, there's, there, there needs to be some sort of a overriding. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you how, how we could do it. Now, people, I mean, because somebody wrote a book, somebody smart, because some other guy said this, some other guy said that, people, for whatever reason, don't feel they need to, they need to spank big corporations. They just, it's just out of their mental league. Okay, but but people, I've had this argument, with, uh, discussion with people, and you know, about this, and I said, okay, let's take stocks and jacks, for instance, and suppose somebody, <laughs> I don't know who the person would be, somebody smart, I hope, all of a sudden decides to sponsor stocks and jacks for uh, two million dollars a year. I'm sitting there going, "There's a nice check." <laughs> okay, well, we'll deposit that one. I could easily, since we have a, a trademark, stocks and jacks, it's a U.S. trademark. If I wanted to, I could take, I'll send Andrew over to Ireland or someplace, 
and pay him all the rice he can eat, stick him in some place, like you say, with a boardroom, and Andrew's job every Monday, and, and we're going to put the trademark over there, and Andrew's job every Monday is send me the schedule. I could send a, a, a check over to there to rent our trademark, okay, and I can send that place, that whatever that little arm of the place is, I could send them, uh, you know, two million a year would be what? How many thousand a month? 200,000 a month, right? 180. I could send them a, I could send them a check for 150 grand a month, and I guess it's quote legal, you know, but it sure as hell ain't right. Well, yeah, you know, in that minutes episode I'm talking about, um, Leslie Stahl was inter- uh, interviewing this congressperson from Texas, and he was, you know, talking about his corporation leaving Texas and doing this kind of activity. And that he was going to propose legislation where the companies had to like have like executives or something in a foreign country, and just the talk, just that talk on sixty minutes caused a company in Texas to literally move their executive board meetings to uh, Zurich, Switzerland, and it was in the same episode. Yeah. So just the talk of doing that. Well, you- so the companies are willing to pull the trigger on moving their executives. To a different country, they're they're willing to do it. But this one did just on the talk of it. Well, Cal, I think you have uh, not only have you played a lot of sports, but you refed a lot of games and you've been in them. And this, I have the same view of sports. The, the, if if you can't get to the point where you have to cheat to compete, yeah. And I think you you can't have somebody paying three percent tax overseas where legitimate people are paying twenty five or thirty. And then if some place comes up for sale. You know, PTI, for instance, and all of a sudden the place overseas pays way more than the place. You you can't you can't have that kind of an advantage. Oh, I agree. I think I think all transactions should be treated equally under the law. I yeah. agree totally, totally with that. But I mean, I, I think every transaction should be treated equally under the law. Every transaction, well, tra- legal or illegal. But at one point, there's, there's got to be a governor and where the sales are or something because, uh, you know, st- the best one I think I read years ago, and I'm not, who knows if they've changed? They might be totally changed now, but Starbucks somehow had, with the double Dutch sandwich, managed to show all their profits from all their, st- evidently they got a gazillion Starbucks in London, I, mean, I never, never saw it, but, and they've got, you know, at the time they had like no, one or two in Amsterdam or ten or something, well, all the profits were in Amsterdam, because they ran the coffee prices through uh, Amsterdam. Well, you know what, Hell, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> I mean, really? You're not going to give the British any of that income tax? It's all going to be in Amsterdam? Yeah. I think the, the issue with this is uh, we were talking about this with uh, border walls and, and passports and all that stuff was designed to trap people in their home countries. And if you want to move if you want to move out of Finland into Germany, I think you got to pay taxes in Finland for three years. Um, but I think, the, I think all these rules and re- re- restrictions um, are an attempt to keep an activity a group of people, a corporation or citizens, trapped in a nation. And then, if they can successfully trap them in a nation, they can abuse them, because they have no options. They can't move to Costa Rica, they can't move to Nigeria, they can't move to uh, Ireland, right? They're trapped there. And New York does that too, man. New York, if you move out of the state, I mean, I think they they were considering you a New Yorker if you had a dog in your apartment in, in New York City, right? They, 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 they can't force you to live in New York City, 
But if you had your dog at an apartment in New York City, you're walking your dog in New York City, somehow, somehow that you were considered a New York resident. All right, so they could they could take your income in the form of taxation. Oh, say well, you, now, for instance, I don't I don't know how he's planning to do it or whatever, but uh, this guy from Citadel, what the hell's his name? Uh, I always forget the guy's name. Uh, I'll think of it in a second. He, the Citadel's is the biggest trading firm on earth. They make what they make a million dollars a day or something. Well, the guy, the guy his. The trading floors now used to be here. Uh, the man had people on all the floors here, I believe. And now, of course, that's spread out, so I, I get that. But now he's he's up and moving. He's pissed off at Lori Lightfoot, so he, he's up and leaving Illinois and moving to uh, yeah, I heard Florida. About that, yeah. Okay, well, now Florida doesn't have a... I don't think they have an income tax, and Illinois does. Well, yeah. his people are still here. I mean, so, the, so if he goes over to the... the, the and if he's got a guy in the SPX pit... Now that income is now in Florida because he moved down there. I mean, really? I mean, I, I yeah. I mean, and his employees are paying, you know, Illinois income tax on right? their salary. They're, but I'm talking about the in, the income. There's no trading floor in Florida. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, it, it, just because you feel like leaving, I'm, I mean, I, I guess uh, if if the studio and PTI is still here, I could somehow move to Wyoming and say, I'm, now if people I are think, yeah, I'm moving to Cayman Islands, man. Uh, I don't like. I don't. You know what? I went to. The, I went to. The, we did the Bahamas for a for a uh, seminar for like three days. So Audrey comes down and she goes, "Oh, you love it down there. There's beaches and there's this and that." And, uh, and, they, and by the way, they have this conch. You love this conch. Now, what, what does conch comes yeah. out? Yeah. You know, when I when I picture you on the beach, I picture the guy with the glasses. Oh God! I I have no. <laughs> even on spring break, everybody else went down to uh, went down to Florida on spring break. All these guys, all of a sudden, they come in with all this, these potions. I go, "What's all that crap for?" And they go, "Well, it's all suntan lotion." We're going to the beach. I go, "You're going to go put, you're going to go barbecue, barbecue yourself all day." I found a park where they had really, <laughs> they had really good basketball players. I played basketball for two hours every morning. I went to the racetrack in the afternoon. <laughs> I, had no, I had no more intention of going to the beach than to be out of the mood. I mean, I found, there was enough girls around at night. I didn't need to go to the beach. I mean, watching oh, the real. I wanted to go to Daytona Beach, man. I, I was in love with uh, what's her name. Uh, downtown Julie Brown from MTV Music. Oh, Studios. God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually saw her when I was in the Navy. When I was in the Navy, I went over to Daytona for uh, spring break weekend, and I got in trouble because I didn't get back until 4 in the morning on a Thursday night. It was at the MTV dance thing with downtown Julie Brown hosting. Oh, God. We had an expect inspection the next morning, and my roommate, Roger, and I, <laughs> we, had, we had sand on the floor, the our uh, uh, chief is walking through, and we're still sleeping. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. It's, it was uh, some interesting times, and somehow we all survived, which is, uh, yeah. you know, I guess, yeah, uh, we all survived. I guess there was a, I don't know, somebody was watching out for us or something, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I mean, there needs to be, and whenever there's not, and you look at all these these uh, takeovers and this con- concentration, these industries, a lot of it came from uh People buying stuff from their overseas money that they saved. Yeah, and and you know you know it was uh you, you know you probably know this I don't think too, too many people do. You know how, how complicit. I think that happens. I think that happens when you have these one time, you know, return the money to return your profits to American tax holidays, right? Well, you know, I don't believe in these tax holidays. I mean, the like state has these enterprise zones on CUNY campuses, which ends up being a, a real estate racket for the governors. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. And if, if if they work for these, you know, select locations, why not? If it works for these select locations, and it appears that it does, uh, why not make the whole state an enterprise zone, right? 
Why not make the United States an enterprise zone? Well, that would, no. You, the whole the whole idea is to get advantage on somebody else. Yeah. I mean, that's why if if you the the the, the tax the tax code. I mean, if if you were to say that the drug companies all of a sudden got to pay 10% when everybody else paid 20, they'd be pissed it's not 5. I mean, the idea is to be better than another drug. I mean, you, you always want to find an advantage. That nobody, I mean, we have presidents talk about, we need a, a, like a corporation. When the rate was 30% and they say people, there's people only paying 10. So let's lower it to 20. The people don't, they don't want the rate to go down. They want to pay less than the other guys so they gain an advantage. I mean, why don't I? Yeah, they want, the, they want the tax code to be an entrance barrier. Yeah, for everybody uh, but they're, them. They're, they're the, they're the low-cost uh, producer. They have the economies of scale. And they want the tax code to keep their competitors out. So, you know, when I, when I heard about this uh, opening fee in Salt Lake City's uh, city council, the first thing I thought was, okay, some guy goes in there and becomes the, uh, this new member on the city council. And his very first day, he's going to have people knocking on his door Asking him for special favors. Oh, God, yeah, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's the first thing I thought when that when I heard about that story. Well, I, I the think guy's got all these great altruistic values, and he's going to go in there and he's going to do the good job. But the very first day, I can just see somebody, you know, like winking, "Hey, can you give me the special favor?" Right. And that's what leads to corruption. Right? Well, and when, the you, tr- when you mentioned when you mentioned uh, refereeing, here's an example of why I don't I don't want the state doing it. The state referees gambling. And the state also has a team in that game. It's state lottery. And the expected payout, uh, the expected losses of these lotteries, you know, that it regulates the house in uh, Vegas, and they can make a five cents in the long run on every dollar bet. But you know what the state's making on these state lotteries? They're making anywhere from three cents to 85 cents to 90 cents on every dollar bet. They, they pay. So they're the, they're the referee and... They got, they're the Lakers. They're the Lakers, and they're the referee in this game. And Vegas is, you know, they're playing by the rules, but the state lotteries aren't. Well, we had a, we had a guy way back in the day on Stocks and Jackson. We got we got to get him back because now that they've got all this other stuff, he wrote a book on on the lotteries in states or something. And uh, first of all, is is as brutal as you just were in the lottery people. You're not you're not brutal enough, <laughs> according to this guy. <laughs> I'm uh, nice. Uh, you know, you know, like the, the regular lotto, the one that even a dumbo like me, if he gets over like seven or eight million bucks, this is the regular crummy little state lotto, not the one that goes the, to like a billion dollars. From uh, ten ping pong balls from three different urns. Well, yeah, whatever. It's it's the it's the six whatever. So when it, when, oh, the Powerball. Yeah, no, no, no. It's just the state. When it gets up, the highest okay. it ever gets is like twenty million or something. It must okay. be like it's it's not the not the the state to state to state one. Because uh, like hardly anybody plays the regular lotto anymore because everybody plays the big huge one. Anyway, when it got, you get over seven, seven mil, I would I would uh, play it because they had so much money from the weeks before where nobody got paid that actually the week that now I know game theory, you still don't give any better chance to win. But the week that you got paid out, if somebody did win, you, they actually paid out a lot more money in that week than they took in. Anyway, but I. Stupid reason I would I, we'd bet you know five bucks for everybody in the firm that those weeks, and uh, I think the take in Illinois they pay out like forty percent, which is really horse bleep compared to a casino compared to a racetrack they pay at eighty five percent. But we had a, we had a guy on and I've never talk about regressive taxation. Do you guys oh, have yeah. all do you guys have all those instant lotteries out there? 
in Utah, you don't have water, so people drive to Wyoming. But in New York, yeah, they got they got they got guys running gambles all along Flatbush Avenue. But I'm saying you go back in and there's, here they got the, the 25 spools of you can bet yeah. all these different games. These people know all these games, and, and yeah. you, go in, you go in there and, and they start at five bucks. They go to thirty. They're not a dollar. Yeah. Most of them are ten so and when twenty. I in, when I was in Greensboro, there was a gas station near campus, and black people, white people, all poor would go in there. Yeah. And they'd say, I want five dollars on this, eight dollars on that, twelve dollars on this, and they would end up spending like fifty bucks on these watery games. Well, get a load of this. And I'm thinking, dude, you're paying, you're voluntarily paying higher taxes. But but your 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 regular lotto is a parimutuel system. Money goes in there, somebody wins, they pay out forty percent. You know, it's somewhat simple. It's like horse betting, although way worse. The spools, this guy comes in and goes, and I would I would never have dreamed people would be this crooked. Suppose there's a hundred thousand tickets and there's 15 big winners or 10 big winners if the 10 big winners come out in the 10,000 tickets first 10,000 they sell the other 90 knowing there's not a winner left and still telling you that there is or what's even worse if they sell 90,000 tickets and out of the 10 big winners 9 of them are still in there they pull the game wow so <laughs> I said you've got to be kidding me <laughs> they, yeah. no they pull the game they, they, they keep track and they say okay We've made it through 70,000, and out of the 10 winners, or however many there are, we've only paid on two. Let's pull the rest. Or if, if, if everybody wins in the first two weeks, they, they let everybody sell them until hell freezes over until the last ticket's gone. No, there's no winners left. That is... That is <laughs> that's pretty corrupt. That is about as corrupt as it gets. I mean, I that's, don't... That's like, that's like Ukraine or Russia corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yet, but none, none of the people who... I mean, at least, if, if you and I go and, and buy this thing, we know what our odds are. We're, we're able to do the math. But most people, matter of fact, when I was in uh, grad school, now you're a mathematician. They would say that for a lot of people, and in the, in the, the lower your income stratus is, you know, and this is what the University of Chicago said, the lower your income stratus, the more your risk reward curve is skewed to the right. In other words, if you can pay 100 bucks and you know your expected return is 60. Normally, you wouldn't do that if the prize is 200 bucks. But if it's 2 million bucks, you're going to do it because it becomes a life changing event. Yeah. And, and, they, and that's, how, that's how you get the hooked into you. My mother yeah. I think she was spending probably 10 bucks every Saturday and $10 every Wednesday on the lottery. I, I kept telling her, Mom, if you had saved that money and you put it into an interest bearing account, you know, making like, I don't know, 5 or 6%, this is a while ago. I said, you would have had this amount of money after a certain amount of years. And she goes, well, one time I won $500. And I go, how much money did you spend to win that $500? And then the other thing that people don't understand is, I mean, think about this. How many lottery tickets would be sold if the news media reported every loser's name in the week of lottery? Your mom would have much better off. Tell your mom to go to OTB and put it in the trifecta every week. At least they pay 85%. She might win once in a while. <laughs> and, she can, and she can watch the horses, right? Hey, don't buy the lottery ticket. Go to Vegas. Yeah. You're going to have a fun story. And what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. You're going to have more fun, and you're going to have a better shot at winning some money. And plus, you might get some free drinks. SP Future's up 59. <laughs> the SP Future's up 215. Be right back.
How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Well, North Bay Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tamar Andrew on the board. SP futures up 56. Nasdaq futures up 204. So we're uh, to the races again today. Coming right behind on yesterday. Dow's up 392. Just on yesterday, just to give you an idea. That was up uh, seven something. I say seven sixty-five. S&P up ninety-two. Nasdaq up two thirty-nine. So it was a, a big day for the bulls. Good day for just about anybody. Boy, we, we sure you could use it. We had it yesterday. Had a very nice day for the first time in a while. Uh, Dax up three sixty-five this morning. Two point nine nine percent. Call it three. Footsie up one forty-eight two percent. Cac around up one ninety-eight three point four percent. So uh, really putting a whip to it over in France. Asia, Nikkei up 776, almost 3%. Shanghai and Hang Seng are closed. Uh, so the uh, Australia, everybody's smaller than expected rate hike, and everybody's convinced. Central banks have all talked, and everybody's pulling back, and uh, and the interest rate's going up. And I, I 
would believe, I actually am sort of a believer in that because this, because we're really getting a market move. Let's put it this way: I'm a believer that everybody else believes it. Uh, tenure again, then tenure down four basis points, 361. It's a long way from four percent where it was the other day. One down four uh, basis points, 1.85, long way from two percent. Japan 2.23, uh, down one basis point. We've got oil up buck 19, 84.82. Rent up 147, 90.33 is a as we're starting a little more inflation back in these commodities. Uh, natural gas down a penny, 6.45. Arbob up six cents, 2.58. Uh, gold, again, got a rally here in gold up 14 bucks, 17.16. Silver up 25 cents, 20.84. Uh, copper up one penny at 0.02%. Crypto, Bitcoin's up 4.22, 19.945. And we've got these, all of a sudden, these guys are really bouncing. We've got the euro almost back to. Uh, a dollar. It's 99.12 from 9.96. We got the pound up to one, almost 1.14. So, whatever. Everybody's trying to right the ship here, and I, I got to believe our guys are right in the middle of it. Uh, Andrew, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. All right. It is 7:35 here in Chicago on Tuesday, October 4th. For sports, last night uh, in Monday Night Football, the 49ers took down the Rams in a 7-3 game, and last night in MLB, the Reds beat the Cubs in a 3-1 game. The White Sox beat the Twins 3-2, and the Diamondbacks lost to the Brewers 6-5. Now, today we can look forward to some pretty similar games. Today the Cubs play the Reds again at 1.20 p.m., the White Sox play the Padres at 8.40, and finally the Diamondbacks play the Giants at 9.15. Now, for Chicago weather, it is clear and chilly skies at 84 degrees right now, but that's going to change later, reaching high of 75 and a low of 45. In Phoenix, we're currently at clear skies of 71 degrees with a high of 94 and a low of 70. Now, for Chicago traffic, in the past hour, we've had a good amount of accidents. However, thankfully, those have cleared, but the effects of them are definitely still around. So expect heavy delays on the Eisenhower and the Jane Addams. Uh, an accident is still around on the right shoulder of the Stevenson. It's slowing things down near Illinois Route 171. And otherwise, traffic is heavy on all roads extending from the Kennedy, and delays are expected on nearly all inbound roads. That's all I got. Back to you, Chief. We still have the professor? Here. So what uh, what, what do you make of uh, these... I was I mentioned earlier to Kenny that in, in my world, in my monetarist world, that that will never exist, uh, you won't even know the Fed was alive. They'd just be like an umpire, and, and a, a good umpire, and yet every single day they're driving markets now 2 and 3 and 4% all over the world. And it, Hal, this is just not healthy. And I, it's obviously, it's nicer to the upside here today for me and my clients, but it's just not healthy, I don't think. Yeah, the, the problem with the Fed is um, its mandate. Its mandate is stable consumer prices and uh, full employment. And I think those are just contradictory things. One, what is the price index, right? I don't think inflation is prices going up or, you know, some prices going up faster than other prices in an index where it's kind of averaged out. So they got to change the Fed's mandate, and they just if we're going to keep the Fed, if we're going to keep the Fed, which is probably the pragmatic thing, it's the realistic thing. So in the in the world that we have a Fed, and I don't think it's going anywhere, then the Fed has to just they have to change the mandate to just a, a smooth as they can maintaining of M two at a pretty you know modest growth, and that's it. That's all they do in terms of monetary policy. No more of this. We're gonna we're gonna lower the, the interest rates, which is a benefit to the rich because what the poor do when interest rates go down is they they become consumers, 
and they go out and they get into debt, they buy a brand new car that depreciates ten, fifteen thousand dollars since they drive off the lot. They they tap their equity and they put in four inch thick granite countertops. So consumer uh, middle income people and below, they're just they're using the credit to become uh, better consumers. Whereas rich people, the investor class, they're buying Bitcoin and stocks and and real estate with a heavily leveraged loan, and that's why there's a wealth gap. So this this nonsense of lowering interest rates is a tax cut for the rich. Setting them at zero percent, setting them at one percent, setting them at two percent, we have to recognize what that is. It's a tax cut for the rich. And Democrats, who are supposed to be the advocates of the poor, they're on board with this. Republicans and Democrats love tax cuts for the rich when they're interest rate cuts. Stop this nonsense of lowering interest rates by printing a bunch of money, which causes inflation, and the Fed's got to come in, and guess what the Fed does? It follows that up with what? Follows that up with a rate hike. That The only solution, apparently, to this whole mess that they put us into is raising interest rates, which causes businesses to not have the demand that they once had, and they got to lay off people. They don't want to lay off people, and then unemployment goes up. And who benef- who, who's hurt by that? Well, what you just said, Hal, yeah, but what you just said is everything, I mean, I, I started in the, in the business, people heard this a hundred times, I started in the business at one extreme when the interest rates were 12 and 13 or 15 percent. Oh, I can't, I can't imagine that world. Yeah, was it, and, and, I, and I realized that, that none of what you just said about interest rates, uh, none of that stuff kind of works at the extreme. It's like, Having somebody run a marathon and say, "Hey, you idiot! You didn't drink any water." Well, you, you got to drink some water if you run a marathon. I guess I think now everybody sort of knows that. But if you take four gallons with you, you're going to kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So there, there's water in large enough quantities is poison. Yeah, but I'm saying is when when you talk about if you raise interest rates, you know the the the, the company's going to pay uh, more in their in their borrowings. And oh, by the way, the you know the the uh, their re- the revenue might go down because it's going to hurt other people, and you got to lay people off. Nobody wants to. Everybody knows. I mean, if you were to give me that test, I hope I could still pass it. That if interest rates are five percent and the Fed decides to drive them to seven and a half, I think I could still say all the stuff that bad stuff that would happen. Okay, uh, but if they're half of one percent and you raise them to two. I don't know that any of that bad stuff happens. I think good stuff might happen. I mean, the same way if if you're at if you're at you know fourteen percent, you know, I, I guess if you, if you raise it to fifteen, you make a difference. But you already got so many people gagging at that point. I'm saying once you get out of the range at the extremes, I don't even think the formulas work anymore. No, I mean, uh, you should. Well, I think well, I think the problem is the Fed is setting interest rates. It's actually central planning setting interest rates, set the price of money. And when they set it low, what they do is they create all kinds of malinvestment. And during the financial crisis, they did this with condos that are being built in San Diego and Miami that nobody's living in. Yeah. Right? Nobody's living in these condos. We had this malinvestment. I think Elon Musk is starting to steal all the malinvestments he made in his company because he was talking about how his factories are just money, money furnaces, just burning through money. When interest rate and credits are, are when credit is cheap, and interest rates are low, he doesn't feel that. But when interest rates start going up, he starts feeling it. Even he feels it as a money-burning firm. But how does... When the Fed is setting the interest rates low, they get all kinds of malinvestments. 
that wouldn't have been financed to begin with because the return isn't high enough to justify the project. So those things get shelved in a system where rates are set by market participants, well, it's not a central planner like the Fed. We had a, a dinner Saturday night, uh, and I got basically stuck between two amazing right-wingers and, and absolute monster Trump Trump fans. I mean, nose right <laughs> up there. And uh, they were in the MAGA hat. Oh, God. My brothers, hey, my brothers are... My, my brothers voted for Trump, and they love Trump, so i got to be careful here. I mean, it's, uh, you know, but the, 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 the lack of knowledge, when I say knowledge, it's not like, you know, I'm smarter than them or anything like that. The lack of knowledge, when, when you talk about, well, look at what Biden's doing now with these, like, interest rates. I said, don't you understand, Trump did the exact same thing. When when yeah, when uh, when, when uh, Powell started to raise the, the rates from a ridiculously low rate in uh, 2018, and the market had its temper tantrum, and they dragged the guy to the White House and said, you can't do this. I don't know if they water it or what they did there, but he came out and went back to the free money stuff. But the, yeah, I said, Trump, was, I said, Trump was really railing on the Fed while he was running for office, but as soon as he got into that office, he wanted the Fed to keep interest rates low. Well, that's, that's the amazing part, is that both people, one of them was close to me, uh, they, all they do is talk about what Trump believes in and how they believe in the same thing. I said, but he, he didn't do any of that. He, he 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 bounced the budget up more than just about as almost doubled it in four years. Well, that was COVID. He was well on his way before COVID. He was well on his way oh, before yeah. COVID. I mean, that 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 uh, he went on. I mean, he, he boosted uh, defense yeah. funding. He was not a fiscal conservative. But he was he was the same thing as this as this dunderhead now over in, in Britain. She walks in the middle of this crisis and she's going to lower taxes for her pals. Trump did the same thing. Low, low. There's, there's no well, reason I, for corporate rates the, to be. Uh, I think the salt, the salt tax. Wealthy people didn't like that salt tax being capped at ten thousand. So I, I think with with Pelosi and people who live in really expensive real estate markets, I think that salt cap at ten thousand, which I believe uh, the salt allows. Without that, what happens is. Um, red states end up subsidizing blue states because red states don't have the real estate that the blue states have, like New York City and San Francisco and L.A. and Seattle. So, as as uh, opposed to that, as close he was, and, uh, and Democrats were in New York City to that, makes me think that it was it was a tax on wealthy people because they can no longer count that against their uh, federal income taxes. So, well, right. I, I, I think I think there are some tax. Uh, benefits for the rich, but there's also uh, taxes they had to pay on the real estate holding. Well, I, I, don't, I don't. There was always something there, like for, for yeah. I guess the other side. But the, the point being is he is you know when you have a corporate tax. I mean, I'm looking right here. The federal, the total, total federal federal tax revenue. I'm looking here on uh, debtclock.org is is 4.9 trillion dollars. All right. Now, corporate tax revenue is down to three ninety five. So, what is billion. it? Seven, $3.95 billion? So yeah. So, was that seven percent? Yeah. Now, does, yeah. does anybody think that that's legit? I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, that's I. What universal basic income advocates have it totally wrong. They think they, they want to give everybody like ten thousand dollars a year, right? And they're gonna they're gonna tax these corporations because there's not gonna be any work for most people, right? So they want they want to give everybody ten thousand dollars so they convert them into make sure that they have some consumers for their products. And then they, the, the people that are advocating for this are going to say, well, the corporations will pay it. But they're not going to pay it. No. 
The universal basic income thing is just a money printing scheme. That's all it's going to be when they if they try to roll it out because these corporations aren't going to pay the taxes. Well, hell, why don't we why don't we do something simple? And I, I know that you, you'll you'll probably say there's something wrong with it because probably is something wrong with it. But uh, why don't we do something simple and take pick a tax rate at which we think that everybody you know can pay or not pay, but it's say thirty percent. 31% is, is the max rate. Everybody, corporations, you know, partnership flow-throughs, everything, should be uh, 31%. And if a corporation pays it, they get to deduct their dividends. So you don't, you don't get taxed twice. And so the person yeah. who gets the dividend, he pays it on his end. What, what is so difficult about that? Well, I, what I'd rather do is I agree with these, you know, if we agree that uh, you know, government services are here to stay. We want to be pragmatic and practical about it. I agree with these Wisconsin economists that came up with this idea that every transaction be, should be taxed. Every transaction, whether it's uh, you know hooker services or uh, methamphetamine purchase on the street corner, a pawn shop, a financial transaction, every transaction, legal or legit, should be taxed at the same rate. So transaction. Scrap the entire tax code, come in with a transaction tax of say a half a percent on every transaction. And you'll have a, and then you treat everybody equally. In a yeah, but except for the peg, you're not going to treat them equally because you can't you can't collect it. I think you can in the in the digital age. I think it's I think it's. Oh, so you're going to you're, you're going to go with a cashless society? I, I want no part of that. Well, I mean, when when you know, like for example, if you're making a if you're making if you're paying your employees, you know, ten thousand dollars a month. Well, it's easy to pay that tax instead of paying the payroll taxes seven percent or whatever it is in the state. Then you just you have to pay the point five percent transaction tax. So there's a transaction tax at every on every not just final goods and services and not on income, just a transaction tax on every transaction that takes place. It's simple. I think everybody would pay it. I, I you know, and then nobody's treated. Differently. I have the I have the same. The tax was not used to keep competitors out of an industry we've been we've known each other a long time i have the same problem with this as i do argue with my brother because uh, he's all for a uh, value-added tax i'm not i'm not in, i don't want to call it a value-added okay tax. but i want to scrap the entire federal tax but, but, but my ar- my argument is 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 the same as with you as it is with him and again it's it's not an argument we can solve is my my feeling is we have a current tax code and it's improper we know the people that have that have managed to game the system. Okay, yeah. if if we fix, if we decide once and for all we're going to fix some of the games, okay, and simplify it somewhat. I mean, the, the, you 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 and he are both assuming that the same people who made a travesty out of the last tax code by carving out, you know, little little spots for themselves are not going to be able to do it. With a transaction tax or a value-added tax, and I remember before, hopefully before your time, Nixon's wage and price controls. Oh, it was horrible. Okay, oh, but I'm saying, well, this, but I'm saying, capitalism. But 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 in, in theory, the but I mean, the, the theory of it was, for for dummies like me, the theory of it was, guess what? The guy can't raise the price of gas next week. Maybe this isn't such a bad idea. No, the thing had to be how many pages long. And if all of a sudden the line of chain, the chain got to you, and the price came to you, you could you could raise it just by the amount of 
of what the guy gave it to you, and then plus a little more because, of course, now you're overhead. I mean, the thing was so complicated that it, it didn't even do what it was supposed to do. It was like the tax code, for God's sake. Yeah. Did you in New Jersey thinking about doing? The, uh, I, I'm, oh, I can't believe I heard this. They're going to force Costco to sell gasoline to everybody. <laughs> Apparently. Right? So if all of a sudden demand for uh, Costco gas goes up, that pushes Costco gas prices up to that of all the other gas companies in the state. I mean, this is what politics... I, I don't know who is advising these politicians, but they come up with the wackiest But they, But they're not going to... That's that's their business, Hal. Their, their, uh, their business is the, is the get front of... Holy nonsense, I guess. I mean, Democrats and Republicans, all they do is sell nonsense, apparently. Holy well, but, moly. But there was somebody came out the other day, it was yesterday, Whatever it was is like never going to get passed. But somebody was it might have been Kamala Harris of all people. She came out and uh, like we should embrace motherhood or something. something. Okay, <laughs> we just embrace it. Now what do we do? I mean, I mean we the uh, did you ever uh, actually one of the core digest things? I always give these guys that somebody writes all these stupid questions there, and people have nothing better to do, but they actually make up the answers. Somebody one of the questions was how does Costco uh, usually charge less than gas than anybody else? And actually, according to his answer, and I don't know if it's true at every single Costco, he said that most of your, your gas stations have one or two tanks. They have like a premium tank and another tank. And they, they essentially mix the blends, right? Uh, well, instead of Costco, they put in like a whole bunch of tanks. I mean, I'm not thinking it's 12 or anything, but maybe they have four or five. And whenever they can get the, the, the gasoline on a runoff on a Saturday, whenever they can get any kind of a discount anywhere, they have massive storage capability. It oh, it's like it's like Outback Steakhouse. Outback Steakhouse, they uh, they build their kitchen not for the average night out; they build it for the busiest night of the year. So they have this excess capacity built in, so cook space, grill space, never becomes uh, a constraint, right? Like the the steak shop, the steak uh, house in Lewiston, Idaho, on Valentine's Day, you can't get in there. It'll take you three hours to go from ordering your food, eating your food. But at Outback Steakhouse, it doesn't matter if it's the business night of the week or the fullest night of the week. You're in and out in 30, 40 minutes, right? So they're doing the same thing that Costco's apparently doing the same thing that Outback Steakhouse has learned. Well, what, um, I guess, what, what these, the problems, I mean, obviously the market is up, and um, I'm happy about that. Uh, but nothing's changed really from last week other than Fed intentions. I mean, the, 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 the real, quote, problems... You know, like the same thing I was talking about with my Trumper people the other night is every single president from the last whatever has done nothing but like double the deficit. I mean, oh, starting no, with Bush. Crazy, yeah. So, I mean, it's not it's like, and Trump was well on his way. Oh, no, it was COVID. No, he was well on his way before COVID. The man yeah. didn't do anything, anything. They said, how do, you, how do you not like a guy, even though he's a bad guy, that wants to close the borders, he hates liberals, uh, like, likes to lower taxes, hates China, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, let's that's fine. You could get Mickey to mope on the street to say that. You don't want to be president. I mean, just whatever. I mean, just. Well, I think I think the current president is just bad. I mean, he. They all. They all. You know, during that during that speech with the red flames behind it and the two Marines, he's basically saying uh, all the Trump voters are terrorists. So both both these presidents are equally divided. Oh, I, I, without without without, I'm not. I'm no fan of Joe Biden. I mean, I, I think we need yeah. a. But, but but somehow or another, 
as I said to the two people at the bar, I said, you know, guys, or guy and lady, don't you understand that all around this country tonight, there's people having this argument while the rich people are stealing all the dough? <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, I mean, so it, the guys that you're having dinner with, the Trump fans, the, the social media has siloed us. So they get all their media, all their news stories from a bubble, and the left gets their news media yeah. from the bubble, and that's why they have these outrageous arguments on Twitter, because the right, the Trump voters, think the left are crazy, and the left thinks the right are crazy, and so they have these brutal bash-outs on Twitter, which I try not to uh, read anymore. It's just crazy. But you have these two bubbles, and social media is doing this. Because social media doesn't respect. They, they engage in viewpoint discrimination, which happens on a lot of college campuses. Well, and only certain opinions are allowed to be broadcast. So that, that means all these conservatives or Trump fans have to find their own social media. And it's an echo chamber for them, and it's an echo chamber for the left. And it's an echo chamber for the politicians they vote for. Meanwhile, the, right? the, the big corporations are giving money to both sides, and they're reeling yeah. it in. And, and, they're, and, and the they're news le- media, they, they built these bites of tears, right? But they, the plumber last night is replacing the, the boiler in my mother-in-law's rental property. He was talking about how the crime is bad, and um, in New York City it's really bad, and you can't park a truck too far away, and so all the rules and restrictions that cause mechanics who are young to do their work on the street because they can't afford the rent. I'm otherwise like shocked by hearing this. I go, Mom, he's telling you the truth. It's just that ABC, CBS, NBC, and CNN don't want to share that with the American public because they are in partnership with the mayor in New York City and they want to keep people coming to the city. Well, if, but they, if, they, if they report on what's really going on, uh, visitorship Tourism in New York City probably dropped 10, 20%. But I never, I, I never want to do this. We only have a minute. You know, and I want to be the person who drops back and says, you know, I'll blame society or I'll blame education for everybody shooting everybody. I, I mean, I never want to be that person, but now I'm going to be that person. <laughs> the, 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 the thing that your mom, my girlfriend, everybody, and to an extent me, the problem you have with the media, media is nobody wants to pay for it. Nobody will pay thirty cents or fifty cents for a newspaper every day, so all you get is 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 stuff from people what other world, other people no what other what other people want you to hear. I mean, yeah. if we if we were all if, if if somebody had a newspaper in Chicago every day, and they actually went out and hired reporters to do the job right, and we paid two bucks a day for the newspaper, we would have some independent news. But nobody wants I it. I mean, yeah. so they 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 they're they're bitching about this guy whoever bought the Washington Post. But they're not willing to pay for the Washington Post. No, uh, no. So I mean, to a certain extent, you, you you reap what you sow, as they say. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, right now what we have is confirmation bias on both sides. Yeah, where we can confirm their bias, right? Well, as my really buddy, find out what's really going on. When I when I started Doctor Stacks and Jacks, and my buddy Doctor J said to me, "You know, Chief, when you kind of when you try and get some sponsors, nobody will pay for information; they only pay for affirmation." Yeah. That's what they're doing. That's and, and that's what they're they doing. They want to fund their views, right? Anyway, Carl, have a good week, buddy. Uh, Carl, oh, Jesus, hell. Well, you guys, I learned so much from the Bodie. Is I, there was, isn't a, a day that goes by I don't call him, hell, or you, Carl. Well, now you know my world with my kids. Oh, God. S&P <laughs> Futures up 60. NASDAQ Futures up 228. Next tomorrow, Stacks and Jacks.
Where's the money, Lebowski? Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.